Welcome to this week's episode of the HRDQU in Review podcast, where we bring you the latest insights and practical tools for enhancing soft skills training within your organization. This podcast is brought to you by HRDQU.com, and I'm your host, Sarah, Learning Events Manager at HRDQU. And today I have Carlos Carpizo joining me to discuss the webinar, How to Outsmart AI with Eight Cs. Carlos is an influential thought leader with over 25 years of diverse experience across the US, Europe, and Latin America. And we had a really great time connecting on this webinar together with a really engaging audience. So thanks so much for joining me today, Carlos. Hey, no, thank you, Sarah. And uh, thank you to HRDQU for allowing me this space. And to all the listeners for listening. Yes. And to kick things off for our listeners that are joining in, for those that didn't have the chance to, to tune into the recording yet of the webinar or join us for the live event, can you share a little bit of your background, You know who you are, what you do, how you got to where you're at today? Absolutely. So uh, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm focused uh, now on unlocking human potential in the age of AI and, you know, Gen Z talent in particular. Um, I, I'm a proud father of two Gen Zers and, and that's why, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I was born and raised in Mexico, however, have spent, you know, more, more than half of my life outside of uh, Mexico, mainly in the U.S., mainly uh, Dallas, Texas, which is where I live today. Uh, but I've also lived in France, in Greece, in, and in Guatemala. You know, how, how I got here, uh, it's, it, it's a long and winding road. And uh, I, I figure instead of boring the listeners <laughs> with uh, that story, they'll be able to, you know, to connect the dots as, as we, we go through the interview, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for sharing that. And it must be really interesting to have been able to, to see so many different parts of the world. I can only imagine the experience that you've gained from that. It, it's been uh, a fun, fun ride. Absolutely. And I love, you know, uh, traveling and getting to know other cultures and understanding what are the strengths that each culture has, because there's no one culture that is better than the other. We're <laughs> all different. And it's in recognizing each other's strengths, uh, just like for individuals, that I believe we can, uh, we can continue to grow and advance our human condition. And with today's, you know, technology, you know, space that we are in, there's always, there's so much that's changing all the time with AI. It feels like every day there's something new that's coming out. What specific changes do you see happening in the LND space right now? Well, as you know, as you mentioned, it's all technologies, right? Uh, it's not just AI. AI is, uh, you know, the the most prominent today. But it's been, you know, an, a number of uh, years, a couple of decades, that we've seen an acceleration of uh, advanced technologies, um, and and it happens in, you know, a lot of different areas. You know, the information, uh, biology. Uh, but of course, you know, we, we would probably need uh, a full series of episodes on a streaming uh, service to talk <laughs> about all. So I want to focus on uh, somehow AI, right? And, and I hope that, you know, those listening who didn't attend the webinar on how to outsmart AI with HCs will benefit from the, the recording. And it, it's all based on the book that I published, At Risk of Greatness, which is the foundation for the HCs. Now, going back to your question on the um, learning and, and development space right now, I don't see a change on the ma major trends. Mm -hmm. like upskilling and reskilling, 
top of everybody's mind, you know, micro learning or trying to, you know, learn in, 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 in bits and, and bytes, uh, as opposed to trying to learn a whole encyclopedia. Why? Because, you know, things are changing so fast that there's going to be a term that I like, uh, borrowed from another author is hyper learning. So it's not continuous learning. It's hyper learning because we have to learn and then unlearn some things and then relearn. You know, that, that's another big trend that I don't see changing and personalized learning, make it really tailored to, to the individual. And that's really hard in brick and mortar, but on the digital space, there is an advantage on how is it that we can personalize the, the learning. Now, just as I don't see these things changing, I do see an acceleration when it comes to that personalized learning that makes uh, learning and development more engaging and effective. Or another word for it is immersive. So let's take a printed book, for example. Uh, I find it immersive. Most Gen Zers don't find a book immersive. So what will it take to capture anybody's hearts and in particular the hearts of uh, Gen Zers? Um, there's a, a great TED talk by the co-founder of uh, Duolingo, Luis von Ann, and uh, his title is How to Make Learning as Addictive as Social Media. I think that's, that's what we need to get to. And, you know, gamification is a big component. And as I mentioned in the webinar, I also hope to see more art and play at work since it's proven that they foster creative thinking and critical thinking, two basic uh, skills for the 21st century. And so it's interesting that you see an acceleration in, you know, the immersive and personalized learning. You know, how would how do you envision incorporating that art and play into workplace learning? Fortunately, there's a myriad of, uh, of alternatives. And uh, one of the things that I shared in the in the webinar is, for example, uh, the Lego uh, company. They, they have a, a great program called Lego Serious Play. That's, that's one alternative. Another alternative is just, you know, keep it simple. Make sure that you give everybody permission to play and give them permission to play at meetings, give them permission to play at um, strategic planning sessions. It, it's very simple. And from the art side, it's even simpler because we all learn how to draw before we learn how to write. We had to learn the alphabet. Drawing, you know, is, is innate to us. So maybe instead of asking someone for a question uh, at a meeting, then give them some permission to draw and ask them to draw something, what's on their mind. And that's going to be a great way to start incorporating both arts and play uh, at work. Great. And, and Carlos, what exciting things are you up to next? Uh, a lot of things are exciting. You know, uh, I suffer from OCD, obsessive curiosity disorder. So it's, uh, it's a little bit more of a challenge to focus. But what I do see for 2024 is I'm uh, planning a book tour. Uh, uh, also an important segment for me within Gen Z is, is Opportunity Youth. And, you know, working with Opportunity Youth is essential to our core at Cosmos. So I just came back from the mountains of rural Mexico, uh, just in time for Thanksgiving. And we were at the town of Olinala in the state of Guerrero, to be precise, uh, where for the first time, our switch workshop uh, for Opportunity Youth was led by the community. Uh, it went really well. Uh, we learned valuable lessons, as always. And uh, we'll 
apply those lessons learned to the next workshop, we'll, which will take place at an esports arena here in the Dallas-Fort Worth metropolitan area in Duncanville. Um, and of course, on the, on the for-profit side, uh, we keep improving our Metamorph virtual town with mini games, and we will make an excitement announcement in January. So stay tuned. I cannot talk more about it right now, but uh, come January, um, it is going to be exciting. And, and of course, you know, I also look forward to having more workshops to dive deeper into the C's of the HC's framework to outsmart AI. Uh, these workshops are different from the Switch workshop for Opportunity Youth because they are designed for enterprises. And uh, we want any enterprise to be able to select the C's that they find most relevant to their level of maturity. And these workshop, workshops are facilitated in partnership with a professional organization you facilitate to make sure that there's a positive outcome in, in, in terms of attendees leaving with a customized set of actions and having a great return to the investment of the companies in these workshops. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of exciting projects in your pipeline for 2024. Trying to keep up with HRDQU. <laughs> and I'd love to know, how do you tailor the ACs framework uh, workshops for different organizations to meet their needs? That's a great question, Sarah. So uh, I think the key is precisely that, tailor. So there's this menu, you know, of the eight Cs. And depending on the level of maturity of the organization, they might already uh, be very advanced on one or two or possibly four. Uh, I doubt that they are advanced on all eight. So the very first thing we do is based on the menu that we have of all eight Cs and some activities that that uh, we've designed and we continue to design for each one of them, then uh, we ask them, I mean, who knows best what they need but their own organization? And which Cs do you think you're missing? Which Cs do you think uh, might be more beneficial to you in the short term? We select those and then we craft together a program, again, through a professional organization you facilitate to make sure that it's going to be a tight fit to whatever the organization uh, wants and needs. Unlock your organization's true potential with Carlos Carpizo's Extraordinary Workshops. Whether you're an HR professional striving to develop future-ready workforces through AI or a Gen Zer seeking an immersive and challenging learning experience, they have the perfect workshop for you. Visit the workshop website now to reserve your spot and elevate your organization to new heights. It's time to future-proof your workforce and unlock your true potential. Click the link in the description below to learn more. So let's dive a little bit deeper into the actual webinar content. So we recently did this webinar together, How to Outsmart uh, AI with 8Cs. And can you share what the key takeaways were for that event? Absolutely. And, you know, collaborating with you, Sarah, and with uh, HRDQU was a great experience. Thank you again. Uh, the feedback. Uh, received was very positive. I think that uh, most respondents, uh, the ones that shared their comments, indicated it was a relevant topic and that the HCs represent a fresh approach to address this acceleration of uh, artificial intelligence that we're experiencing. And, and by the way, you know, workers aren't, are not ready. Uh, that was, that was the, uh, the poll from uh, Gallup. So how do we uh, make sure that they're ready? And the poll 
that we had at the beginning and at the end, I think it was very well received. I saw a, a few comments saying, hey, that was a great poll. Uh, the poll question uh, was for those that are, that are listening and didn't participate in the webinar, was the same at the beginning and the end. And it was, if there were a position such as chief AI officer in your organization, would you rather it report to the CEO, the CHRO or chief people officer or the CIO? And uh, I found it interesting that the voting percentage remained steady for the CHRO chief people officer. Um, or oh, I remember someone said, hey, don't use too many acronyms, uh, <laughs> CHRO, Chief Human Resource Officer. Um, and, and the voting remained steady at about 30%. But the vote for the CIO declined from the beginning poll, about 47%, to, to the ending poll, to around 37%. And of course, this is not you know, a uh, statistically valid sample and all that, but I think that that demonstrates that uh, precisely what I wanted to convey, that an AI decision is not just a technology decision. It's a technology, economical, social, ethical decision all at the same time. And that to me was a, a, a key takeaway. And were you expecting the, that to be the poll results or were you surprised by the results that uh, we received? I was hoping that would be the case. Now, I, 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 I was hoping that uh, based on what I understood of your um, your audience, that there would be a higher percentage of uh, individuals indicating that it is truly the CHRO or chief people officer that has to lead the charge because in the end, you know, it's all about unlocking human potential. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with the result because changing culture takes takes time. And, and the culture thus far is, well, AI is technology, let the CIO deal with it. And uh, yes, they have to be involved, but I think it has to move more and more to a, a chief people officer or uh, CHRO uh, type decision. And why is your focus so much on Gen Z? I'd love to, to know your perspective on that as well. Well, on, on one <laughs> hand, they're sheer numbers. You know, mm -hmm. they are a third of the global population today and will become 30% of the workforce by 2025. So I think our future will, you know, depend on them. Now, on the other hand, they are very different by virtue of being the first generation that grows up with a smartphone on their hands. And there's a lot of pros and cons that we must uh, consider there. And also because they're very social uh, conscious. They're a social conscious generation with a strong focus on issues that are critical, such as diversity, equity, inclusion, climate change, social justice. Uh, they tend to be actively engaged in activism and advocacy, and they're you know, likely to drive significant change in, in these areas for uh, years to come. So go, go Gen Z. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and will arts or play at work help us bring smiles back to the office? Absolutely. Would you would you agree with that? I would say so. Yes. <laughs> yes. Again, let's not forget art and and play at work. It it can definitely bring back smiles, and we need it. Absolutely. And and could you remind listeners what are the eight C's in your framework? Absolutely. Happy to do that. But of course, this is no substitute for watching the webinar and uh, doing some more research as well and uh, potential uh, workshop. So it's curiosity, critical thinking, creative thinking, collaboration, communication, character, consciousness, and co-evolution. 
And how did you come up with the coevolution term? Since it's not a common one being used when referring to AI. It, it, it is not. So in 2017, I made an investment in an AI company. And that's when I started thinking, what's going to come after AI? Uh, you know, of course, back in, you know, 2017, we're talking five years, uh, five years back, AI was not uh, as common a term as, uh, as we see today, but that goes to show you how fast things accelerate. And I realized that we had turned machines into a species of their own. And being an optimist, I'm convinced that they will help us become a better version of ourselves. So I, I came across the term in biology and I bored it uh, because, you know, coevolution has taken place for millennia among, among species. In, in the webinar, I use the example of uh, flowers and bees, mm -hmm. uh, but that's just one of, uh, of many. And that's how I came up with the uh, coevolution term. And could you share like a quick example of how this concept has shaped your view on the evolving relationship between humans and AI? Um, sure. Well, I, you know, I think, I think we experience it uh, every day, you and me and everybody, because uh, a lot of people think that uh, to use AI, they have to, they have to focus on, on, you know, learning chat GPT. And yes, that, that's great. I think that's uh, a very important tool to know how to use, you know, generative AI or any, any other large language model. But guess what? We've been using AI for years uh, in, in multiple aspects. And, and one that comes to mind is we all now interface somehow with uh, Siri or Google or Alexa uh, for tasks that are as simple as, you know, telling Siri, hey, you know, play this music while, while we're driving. Why? Because then you're not distracted on trying to find, find a, a song or, or an artist. It, it's really having more of a conversation mm -hmm. with, uh, with those AI engines in the way we communicate, which is mostly language. Uh, and and having these engines understand what uh, what we want them to do, uh, and and really help us uh, in in reducing our time, increasing our safety, augmenting our abilities, whether it's physical or cognitive. And and why did you choose the term consciousness to be a part of the eight C's framework? Uh, that that's a very good question, and and these will um, also you know show you a glimpse on on my story and how did i did i get here until 2006 i had mainly used you know my head to be successful as an executive and i had been paying little attention to my heart now that year i had an accident which could have cost me my life uh yet it did not fortunately and set off what i call my heart journey so my heart journey accelerated uh in 2015 when i took a uh qigong crash course uh with uh a master, Sifu Rama, at uh, the Blue Mountain in, in Costa Rica, beautiful place. Uh, you know, uh, the master chose it because of the energy flow that that he felt when he visited. And I then read, you know, a book, uh, Halftime by Bob Buford, which made a big impact on me. And, and that led me to enroll in the 12-month uh, fellowship program at the Halftime uh, Institute. You know, when I told my, my parents that I was joining the Halftime Institute, they were like, what? 
what is that? You know, why did you go for an MBA and then go to a halftime institute? Uh, I, I strongly suggest people uh, research it because it's a great way in which they can help you find your mission for your second half of life. Uh, and, you know, the second half of life, it depends on, on your age, of course. Um, but when you have an inkling that you need to do something different, uh, I would strongly recommend the book. And since I graduated in 2019, uh, that's when I, I left my last corporate role to become an entrepreneur. And uh, since I've attended, you know, a seminar with uh, Eckhart Tolle, um, the author of uh, The Power of Now and, and a big teacher of presence, um, uh, I was with him at Mayacoba in Mexico. Uh, I've started to practice meditation in addition to prayer, which I've you know been doing for for a number of years. Uh, I, I did experience psychedelic once. Uh, that's that's a whole that's a whole other story. <laughs> and and I've done you know systemic constellation a couple of times among other experiences. So I'm no expert. However, uh, what I can tell you, Sarah and the listeners, is that I've gained enough theoretical and practical experience to understand the importance of consciousness for for us human beings in this age of accelerations of advanced technologies. And maybe a clarification, uh, religion is part of consciousness, but it, it transcends religion. It doesn't matter what religion uh, you follow or if you choose to not follow organized religion, we're still humans and we still have this consciousness. And, and this is why I chose to make it uh, one of the eight C's and, and one that's uh, critical at that. Great. Well, that was a really wonderful story. Thanks for that explanation there. And Carlos, before I let you go today, can you let listeners know where they can learn more about your work and connect with you? Absolutely. Thank you, Sarah. So my website, Carlos Carpizo with a Z as in zebra.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, on X and uh, Instagram. And my book is available on, on Amazon in both English and uh, Spanish. The audiobook is only available in English. Maybe, you know, one day I'll, I'll record it in Spanish as well. And of course, the title is At Risk of Greatness, because I do believe that you, me, and all the listeners are at risk, but at risk of greatness if we, if we channel uh, our energies uh, correctly. Well, thank you, Carlos, for your time today. Thank you very much, Sarah, and thank you to HRDQU and the listeners. Yes, make sure that you connect with Carlos on his platforms. Check out the links that we have below. If you have yet to watch the recording, make sure you do that as well. It will be linked in the description below. And we hope you enjoy listening to the HRDQU interview podcast available on all major streaming platforms. If you did enjoy today's episode, make sure to give us a follow and leave us a five-star review. It helps us to continue to produce this content for you every week. Thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the HRDQU interview podcast brought to you by HRDQU.com. 